The future of media and Fox News in the post-Tucker era. And as Joe Biden gears up to run for president, I'm Matt Robeson. Beyond Politics, we're on the Blue Amp channel on YouTube and available, of course, wherever you get your podcasts. Just totally delighted to welcome back Mark Jacob, an outstanding former editor for the Chicago Sun-Times, the Chicago Tribune. Uh, Mark, it's it's a weird resume you've got. It's Yeah, you were with both the Mets and the Yankees, or I should say the Cubs and the White Sox. Does that feel weird to you? Oh, no. It's it, There's movement in journalism. It's witness Tucker Carlson. He'll end up somewhere. People move around for various reasons. I Frankly, I moved from the Sun Chicago Sun-Times to the Chicago Tribune because I concluded that I was working for felons. And it was later proven they actually went to jail. Hey, you know what? That's a, I was about to ding you for comparing yourself to Tucker Carlson. Maybe <laughs> there is a parallel there. Um, there because Tucker Carlson does seem to be working for a criminal enterprise. And uh, and now they've turned around and it's like a Corleone moment. It's like, today we settle all accounts and mm. maybe they're going to all head out to Vegas. So Tucker Carlson, we're recording this, shouldn't give this away, but we're recording this on Tuesday, April 25th. There's speculation out there that this is the beginning of a tip of the iceberg moment for a house clearing at Fox. Maybe it isn't. But I think that leads into the first issue that I have on my mind as a media insider and now a media critic. Do you, Tucker, I referred to in a video last night as the most vile person in America. <laughs> and clearly, he is a problem. He is responsible for a tremendous amount of misinformation on both COVID and the election. He's responsible for pushing the great replacement theory for okay. stoking a lot of racism, potentially stoking a lot of violence. He is bad in his Very own bad. right. But is is he a problem on his own? Was he a problem on his own or more of a symptom of the deeper pathology of what's going on at Fox News? I think he was a symptom of that, but he got ahead of it. I feel like that the Murdochs and Fox News they much prefer kind of the second tier fascist propagandists, Brian Kilmeade and Jesse Waters, those kind of people. I think Tucker Carlson got too big for them and they don't really like someone getting ahead of their game. They'd much rather just spout the message and get steady ratings from, from the 80-year-olds who are scared of people with dark skin and stuff like that. I just, I think that Tucker scared them because he was getting too influential and powerful. They certainly weren't offended by the fact that, as you point out, Tucker Carlson is a terrible person who's hurt our country. People have died because of Tucker Carlson. His misinformation on vaccines has killed people. And he also, just this, his diminishment of the importance of January 6th, name it, he's just this vile racism and sexism, just a terrible guy. And Murdoch was pretty much okay with that for a long time. So I don't think that that's not why he got fired. Trying to figure out why he got fired is a little tough at this point, and we don't have all the evidence. I do, but I, but as I say, I do think that Murdoch, the Murdochs like to play the long game. They like to just make steady money, and they don't want to. They don't want to get a situation where they get so far ahead of things and get so out there that they get sued and lose a quarter of a billion dollars, three quarters of a billion dollars. Sorry, and they don't want that. So they're trying to rein it back in and do the, their usual stuff that makes them money. And I, I think that Tucker Carlson just got a little bit too famous for them, frankly, and it scared him. I'd like to give you a dated metaphor, and I don't want to lose our into 34-year-old demographic, but there used to be mechanical clocks. And there's this old-timey metaphor of 
something is like the 13th chime of a clock. A clock's only mm -hmm. supposed to chime a maximum of 12 times at noon and midnight. It's like the 13th chime of a clock. It's not only wrong in itself, but it calls the whole underlying mechanism mm -hmm. in question. So it's mm -hmm. like, it is itself a problem, but it's like, what's wrong with your clock? And I think you're right. I do feel that way, not only about Tucker, but obviously this is the Trump story. He is both a symptom and a cause of a lot of problems on his own. I, all right, let's, I don't think it's inappropriate for us to engage in a little bit of speculation. I think it's productive. I put out a video last night in which I did speculate a little bit on, on three potential reasons for the firing here. One was that it was revealed through the Dominion lawsuit that he, in his own words, passionately hates Donald Trump. That's a problem for them strategically because Donald Trump is very much back and they, the whole reason they got into trouble in, the, in these lawsuits is that they could not cross Trump. They could not tell people that the emperor has no clothes and is actually a flaming lunatic. The second potential reason is that he was bad-mouthing company executives behind the scenes. Never a good practice at your place of employment. Don't do it, folks. Number three is that there are further lawsuits ahead, including from Smartmatic on the election disinformation angle and also for harassment from and he's been subject to these things before so it seems like he was a bottomless hole of future pr problems for the company now we don't know what we don't know but just to lean on your experience inside media organizations and what we know based on these revealed messages about these topics what what in your mind stands out as what might have been the driving factor here given the given that Tucker was giving Fox what it wanted in terms of right. ratings. That's really important to remember is that he was giving them what they wanted and that they enabled it for a very long time. I just disagree with the Trump thing because I think one of the characteristics of kind of MAGA mentality is short memory and not really remembering, not just not remembering things. Witness the fact that now they're like pounding on, we can't have a deficit. We got to, we're spending too much money. When, when Trump was president, they just went crazy spending money and giving tax breaks and just digging us into a big debt hole. But now they really went up 25% under Donald yes, Trump. 25% of, of the debt that the U.S. has was in four years under Trump. Yet they're counting on their followers. Rightly, they're smart to count on their followers to forget all about that or not know it in the first place. So I feel like Trump and Carlson reportedly just talked on the phone about that Carlson's comments and made up. See, mm. Trump, Trump doesn't really have friends. He just has temporary allies. He'll throw under the bus when he needs to, but he has them when he needs them. And witness the DeSantis thing. They're big friends, now they're big enemies. So I don't think that the Trump thing has is a factor at all, frankly. I'd have to tell you. I do think that it might be that Murdoch certainly likes loyalty with his top executives and top personalities. And the Murdochs may have been offended by the various kind of backbiting comments that he made that were revealed in the Dominion lawsuit. So I buy that one. Uh, I do think it's it might very well be a factor of them thinking they're just going to get just get roasted on future lawsuits. And on the current one, his producer, Abby Grossberg, I believe is her name, has filed about you know, sex harassment. That looks really bad. That's just this kind of... And anti-Semitic comments, which is the leitmotif that runs through the right these days. In the, yes, it is. If you're having lunch with Nazis and stuff like that. But yeah, it's just, you know, that sticks. The real problem 
here, Matt, is that the people who are following Tucker Carlson and a lot of people who watch Fox like that stuff. They like saying terrible things about Jews. They like saying terrible things about women. They like this kind of white identity mentality. In fact, that's the real danger of Fox News and right-wing propaganda right now is that it's making feel people feel good about hate. It's making people feel that, boy, I've always felt this way, but now I can do it publicly. Now I can be really hateful. And that un unleashes something that's, that, that is very dangerous for our country. People need to be ashamed of being bigots. And we need to make them ashamed of being bigots. When we don't, they just they act big, with bigotry. It's just, and that's a big problem. When you have a major news outfit encouraging people to behave badly and to hate their country and to love people like Vladimir Putin. That's another thing. You didn't mention that because there's a big, long list of stuff that Tucker right. Carlson was terrible at. One of the things that was, he was totally undermining the effort to Ukraine as a democracy and pushing for Vladimir Putin to take them over. Totally. And that's, that's he's, they're a fascist, anti-democratic force. That's, that's really the only way you can look at that. And I feel like what Murdoch did with getting rid of Tucker Carlson was try to rein in a little bit so that they don't have these gigantic legal problems. And so... They can just steadily do what they've been doing. Remember that Fox News wasn't always this terrible. They would they started out and said, we're going to be legitimate news, but we're going to do it from a conservative perspective, which I'm all in favor of. If they want to do that 100%, that's great. But steadily, and especially when Trump hit, they just went to the lie. They went to, to, to just, we're not going to report the news. We're going to lie about the news. And we're going to invent lies about the news, and we're going to invent talking points. And that's where they're at now. And so they still want to do that. I, I think that the, but they don't want to like have this. They don't want to do it to the point where they don't want to get stung with a settlement like Dominion. That's it. They can't have stuff like that. It costs them money. And if there's anything that Rupert Murdoch likes more than right wing lies, it's money. I want to read back to you a little bit of what I'm hearing, because what you said earlier was that the undercurrent is that Rupert Murdoch and Lachlan Murdoch is... Yeah. Who Zion. seems to be really insane. Seems with, to be. With, yeah. With Rupert. Yeah. I mean, I, that Rupert Murdoch, there is only so high that you can get before he starts to get bothered. He does not like it when you get a little, when you get bigger than the company or you think you're bigger than the company. And we've seen this before, Glenn Beck, Bill O'Reilly, mm -hmm. and now Tucker. And so there is a pattern there. And in, in at least two of those three cases, I can't remember with Beck, honestly, there was the other thing I hear you saying is that maybe it's both at the same time. There may have been an inciting cause. There may have been an excuse, essentially, which is, all right, you are a sexual harassment lawsuit slash PR nightmare for right. us. But that was just the excuse, essentially, that the real underlying reason is we just no one's bigger than Rupert. No one's bigger right. than, but it's like Roger Goodell in the NFL. It's protect the shield. No one's bigger than the corporation. Right. It is obviously an interesting coincidence. And a lot of media organizations led with this yesterday, that this happened on the same day that Don Lemon was fired right. from CNN. And it, I guess the question that it arises for me out of these situations is, Fox was totally fine with Tucker's act and they seem to be able to they seem to be able to tolerate all of this as long as it was making them enough money and giving them enough ratings 
that they're like, eh. And all of this seemed to go down relatively quickly. They teased his show the next night. They He signed off fully expecting to be there. They were prepping through the weekend as if the show was going on. Who knows? I don't want to speculate about what the internal tipping point was, but is that the calculus that goes on inside media companies like this, that we know that certain figures that we have working for us are inflammatory. We know that they're provocative. We know that they may be corrosive in a way. We are willing to tolerate it up to the point that our accounting formula says it might cost us more than it makes us. Is that really all it is? Yep, that's all it is. Yes, that, and I've seen it in action in various news organizations that, that, yes, you have somebody who looks like they're being very successful. They're successfully building market for you and building brand, but they get bigger than the company and they get scarier and they start doing, and suddenly their act doesn't wear as well. Also, the second thing you pointed out with him saying terrible things or mean things about other Fox people and really acting like he had no respect for the company. Big bosses like that, like the Murdochs, they're they're sensitive to that, and they they don't like to be insulted, and they may just have had enough. They may have decided we, we rode this horse as far as we can, made it, it made us a bunch of money. See you later. And as I said before, I do feel like I do feel like this, they almost prefer this kind of steady, kind of second tier Fox and Friends host type person who will just be with them and will say goofy things, but will spout the company line, but won't get ahead of things and won't become this gigantic brand in and of themselves. They want Fox to be the brand. Mm. Let's take a break. We'll be right back. That's very important. And it, it is interesting. And I made this point in the video I did last night that you do see this pattern in media organizations, even outside of Fox and mm. other news organizations. Again, you saw it with Bill O'Reilly, you saw it with Glenn Beck, that sure, there was an inciting cause when they you know, jettisoned those guys. But also there was a sense, there was a time where Glenn Beck was the biggest star and he was a little bit bigger than Fox and that made them uncomfortable. You saw with as anodyne a figure as Bill Simmons, who was making ESPN a lot of money before mm. he said, he, he directly challenged John Skipper, the boss of ESPN, said, go ahead, you find me for this. I dare you, when he went out and criticized Roger Goodell. What did John Skipper do? It's like, okay, the invitation accepted. And before you knew it, he was out of the company. They're probably both worse off for that. But you do see this kind of a pattern. I want to ask you about a slightly different angle about this. There's maybe a little degree of irony. There, there's something a little strange about... The fact that we've come a long way where people who are generally on the left, center left, like us, are cheering for Fox to get its comeuppance, obviously, through a defamation lawsuit. But the threat of legal action does not have a proud history for our side of the ideological spectrum in other contexts. I'm thinking specifically about the Jeffrey Wigand, the insider uh, situation with 60 Minutes, where essentially the tobacco companies were able to shut down a 60 Minutes expose on the fact that they knew about the dangers of mm -hmm. tobacco by threatening them with a tortious interference lawsuit. And then right. you had Voldemort himself coming into office as president saying, we need to change the libel laws. We need to change the defamation laws, make it easier 
to put media companies out of business because I'm so brittle and sensitive. You can't say anything bad about me. And so it does seem a little ironic that we've gone from saying, oh, no, that's terrible. This is an awful restraint on the media to saying, yay, lawsuits. But, Help me walk through that. Yeah, the, the standard now is New York Times versus Sullivan, you know, or Sullivan versus New York Times. It's where a person in Alabama, a public official sued saying that they got New York Times has gotten the facts wrong in, a, in an ad they ran. And it was just ruled that the person was a public figure. And that was that the, there was a higher standard for for a libel for a public figure that you it had to be actual malice uh, or reckless disregard for the truth. And I love that standard. I think that's a great standard. And it allows you because if you don't have that standard, what you're going to have is really powerful people suing all the time for little mistakes, for just for some copy editor rewriting a sentence wrong. And you're going to have, you've got to have, but the thing about it, this in this Fox case, it met that standard. It met the standard because Fox was clearly had malice, clearly had reckless disregard for the truth. They were going to lose that lawsuit based on that higher New York Times versus Sullivan standard. And I like it the way it is. And if you, but if they, if the Supreme Court is to knock down that standard and let people who are designated as public figures have the same standards as, as non-famous people, you're going to see a lot of lawsuits by rich and powerful people trying to knock down and scare news organizations. So it could be, it could have a very chilling effect on the news business. But but I just think it's wrong to view this Fox thing as something where it's a departure from people like me who are love journalism and are, I would say, center or left of center. And I don't see any inconsistency there at all. I like the way it is now. I think that news organizations ought to be telling the truth and not purposely lying. And when they are purposely lying, it shouldn't matter whether it's a famous person or a not famous person, they ought to be held to account for it. What is it with these MAGA authoritarian types? This is a total sidebar, but what is it with them and how freaking brittle they are? I, I'm just reminded of the fact that Marjorie Taylor Greene literally called the cops on Jimmy Kimmel for telling a joke about her. She called the Capitol yeah. Police. She's, oh no, I've been offended. And Donald Trump, this was the hilarious comeuppance that he deserved in the whole like ridiculous Republican weaponization of the media, right. or whatever they're calling their total BS investigation into, I don't know, Hunter Biden. Oh, yeah. They had that, they dragged a Twitter employee into a congressional hearing. They literally made a federal case out of mm -hmm. Chrissy Teigen's tweet calling right. Donald Trump a pussy ass bitch. Just love repeating that. And then that led to the conversation inside Twitter. Our rules state that you can't string three insults together. So is pussy ass bitch a single conjoined insult or is it two adjectives and a noun? Is it three adjectives? What is it? It's just, it's delightful. But the well, underlying point is that these folks are, my gosh, they're like a bunch of delicate doilies. What, right, what right. They have, they have this, we know where the snowflakes are and <laughs> it's clear. And the thing about it is they control almost all the media. You look at what passes for objective and mainstream media in Fox, which is clearly just lying right-wing propaganda. It's CNN, which has now decided to go both sides. And so they're going to invite Republicans on to lie to their audience. And then you have MSNBC, which if that's liberal, then we're in big trouble. And we are in big trouble because it's not liberal. It's That's as close to center, middle of the road as there is, I think. 
But there's really not, there's not a left-wing equivalent to Fox. And you also, the New York Times, the Washington Post doing their old, doing just the wrong thing a lot of the time and still trying to just desperately pretend that Republicans are a legitimate political party instead of a, a criminal movement. Um, I, I, actually, that's exactly where I want to go, although I want to put it in the parking lot. Just one more kind of on the Fox thing. You reminded me a moment ago when you were talking about Tucker Carlson and the implicit permission, the shifting of the Overton window that he accomplished by right. essentially giving aid and comfort to bigots and to potentially violent extremists by essentially normalizing. And it was the opposite of the campaign that Stetson Kennedy led that was partly responsible for shutting down the KKK in the 1950s and 60s, this idea of frown power, the idea of there has to be a social consequence. There has to be a negative reaction that you get. We called it frown power, and it sounds very 1960s, honestly, right. but there's something to it. There's social science behind this that you need to get a signal that, you know what, this is not okay. This is a problem. And it's just, do want to move on to the larger point about how the mainstream media is eroding. And this is something we've talked about before, and it's especially important mm -hmm. in light of Joe Biden's announcement of his reelection campaign. But I just, I want to pause for a moment on, I just think you're making a very insightful point that what's in the news is the defamation lawsuit and the lies, the objective lies about things like COVID and elections that are so obviously prima facie evil and wrong. But we just we shouldn't skate over the more insidious effect that Fox is having at this kind of deeper level of just making it okay to think terrible things. And this kind of the way that they bolster this perception of, oh, the Republican Party, they're still your grandfather's Republican Party. They're still a legitimate, formal political force in America when they're really not. They're really not. And you get this. The this headline in the Washington Post yesterday, Biden is running out of time to avoid calamitous debt ceiling outcomes. That's the headline. So you've got McCarthy, Kevin McCarthy and the Republican Party holding the economy hostage, an economy that's really actually in pretty good shape thanks to Biden's policies. And they want to like default on our debt they want to, and this is not deciding whether we're going to spend money in the future. This is paying the bills for the stuff we've already done. This is, you got a bill in the mail, you're paying it. This is not deciding whether you're going to go out and buy a car or not. So they've already confused that whole situation and made it seem as if, well, we're going to stop the Republic, the Democrats from their reckless spending. That's not what's going on. And so you have, so here we have, you're putting it all on Biden to stop the Republicans from holding the economy hostage. So how is he supposed to do that? Is he supposed to just like knuckle under? Is it supposed to, we're supposed to like, the Republicans lost the last presidential election. They didn't win it. They lost it by a bunch of millions. So let's realize what the people of this country actually want and not let the whole thing, not let these House Republican terrorists hold it hostage and just demand, oh, we're going to shoot the economy if you don't do this. And that's a way that the Washington Post and New York Times ought to be playing this because and not because it's it's partisan, not because it's biased, but because it's the truth. And, and that, that really needs to be the standard. It's not it, it, Matt. what drives me nuts is. Is the failure of mainstream media to put things in context and when they just like, hey, here's what the Republicans said, here's what the Democrats said, you figure it out. That's not journalism. 
That's stenography. And so what they need to be doing is explaining these things and making it clear that what's happening here is that the Republicans have decided that they're going to scuttle the economy unless the Democrats, who control the Senate and control the White House, knuckle under with what they want to do. And it just... But it really bothers me when they don't do that. And here's another example of a failure to put things in context and explain things by the mainstream media. And so you have Trump. So, you know, this whole thing where, you know, you, the thing with Stormy Daniels, you have Trump saying they keep on writing sentences in their stories that say Trump has denied having any affair with Stormy Daniels. All right, fine. They can say that. But wouldn't it be interesting if they said Trump who has been caught in tens of thousands of lies, comma, has denied having an affair with Stormy Daniels. Now, that's true. That's objectively true. That's provably true. It also puts things in exactly the context that needs to be put, which is this guy who always lies to you is denying that he did this thing. That's helpful to the reader. That's accurate. And that's, and that's putting things in context. But they would never do it. And the reason they would never do it is because they would come across as biased. And that's why they the why so frequently they do not pull out history and explain things or they don't put things in context like that because they know that when they put things in context, it comes across as biased. And, the, and it, apparently, if you're mainstream media, if you're the Washington Post or the New York Times, being appearing to be biased or being accused of being biased is, is poison. It's the thing you're most afraid of. What I worry about and you don't see this discussed enough, is that people respond to incentives. My, my training is in economics, not mm -hmm. media. Many of our regular viewers can probably tell that. And you, you do learn what Warren Buffett says, people respond to incentives. And I am worried when you speak about the potential for a debt ceiling crisis, that the entire reporting class is missing the obviousness of the fact that Republicans have every incentive in the world to go over the cliff here and right. to cause a massive re recession, if not a worldwide depression. They want the economy to be bad. That's the thing. That's what makes them traitors, along with January 6th. But what makes them traitors is they want the economy to be bad. They don't have any issues. They're losing on the important issues, and that's why they lose elections. But so they things have got to be bad. They've got to create crises. And so they, you know what? That, that's totally out of the fascist playbook is create a problem, then promise to solve it. It's like that Simpsons episode where Rod, the son of Ned Flanders, is praying and says, and thank you, God, for saving us from the moth you sent. And <laughs> so it's like here they are manufacturing a totally avoidable economic right. catastrophe that's going right. to absolutely decimate all the people that they make mouth noises about caring about. And, and it's, the media is reporting this as if, oh, it's an impasse. They're doing kind of play-by-play -play announcing and or they're giving headlines like what you just described. It was a brilliant tweet. I don't describe tweets as brilliant because Twitter is horrible, but like <laughs> your tweets are actually worth reading. It, it was just, it was a brilliant catch because it literally would be like, you're saying time running out for police commissioner to address hostage crisis. Now you're a former editor of newspaper right. in the English language. Would you, if a writer came to you with that headline, would you give them a hard time for burying the lead or for kind of an implied passive voice there because they've missed the culprit in all of this? Yeah. Let's take a break. We'll be right back. 
Yeah, yeah. What about the criminals? What right. about the people who actually did the bad thing? How about let's putting them in the headline? And if, 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 if the Republicans get away with this coming across as, well, Biden just didn't want to play ball, or this is all Biden's fault, then the Republicans will have won. Be, but because that's not the story at all. The story is... Exactly. And, and the thing about it, Matt, is that there's a place to discuss the budget. It's during the budgeting process. That's when you can negotiate over the budget. You can decide that. And the funny thing also is the Republicans aren't making it super clear what they want to cut because they know everything they want to cut is popular. And so they... They don't. They just want to look like fighters, and they want to. But in, but in effect, they're obstructionists. And they're also it, taking advantage of the fact that this is such an abstruse issue. It right. goes over most people's heads. Yeah. Every time I talk about it on this show, I feel like I have to give a disclaimer where I'm like, I know talking about debt and right. budgets is a snore. I'm sorry, but it's really important. I had Mark Zandi, who's one of the most celebrated economists in America, on the show. And I was trying to, and I was asking him, and he did in wonderful clarity explain, here's why this is so bad. Here's why we should be afraid of this. Here's why they're playing, not just with fire, but with like dynamite, our lives here. And I thought it was riveting stuff. It's just what Republicans are taking advantage of is the fact that people just aren't that interested in those shows, in those videos. They just don't do as well. And that's a problem. They, this is the perfect issue for them because by the time the dust settles, when it really matters, when it comes down to voting, I guarantee you there are communications operatives inside the Republican Party right now who are thinking this or saying it out loud where it's like people are going to forget. They're going to forget where this came from. They're going to forget why we're in a crisis, why we're in a mm -hmm. recession, and they're just going to blame it on the president. That's what they're banking on. And this is people should pay attention to the debt ceiling because this is the pathway that Republicans have laid out for the return of Donald Trump and the end of American democracy. This is the way it gets going. I mean, it's, 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 it is fascist playbook. Create a crisis. Chaos is their friend. They don't want things to work out. Look at the whole Trump administration. They could even pass an infrastructure bill. What are you talking about? They don't pass things that will be, ever become law. And then the House is saying, we're passing a bunch of stuff. It's all crazy stuff that they knew the Senate wouldn't even take up. And that even Mitch McConnell wouldn't support. So it's just, so it's all this kind of goofy kind of theater that the House Republicans are pulling. But it, they're playing a dangerous game. And it's really up to the news media to explain it properly so that the people who are playing the dangerous game get blamed for it if it goes bad. And I, my personal opinion is that Joe Biden shouldn't do anything with him, should not negotiate, should not agree to do anything that he wouldn't do otherwise. And he should say, let's wait for budget time and we'll talk about those things, because that's when we're, we should. Right now, let's get the debt ceiling raised so that so we pay our debts. So we're a legitimate country who pays its debts. And so we're not a third world banana republic. And I think he ought to just he ought to call their bluff. I don't really I'm not sure it is a bluff, I, because that's the sad thing about how terrible the Republican Party is. I think there are elements of the Republican Party who will be happy if we default on our debt, because it'll make us America look weak. They'll run on it. They don't care about poor people having jobs and stuff. They just care about their own political power and their money. And it's that's the incentive piece. That's what has me worried is that yeah. are, are there responsible humans still in the yeah. Republican Party? Yes, uh, of course I, there are. There are some. I, I think mean, 
deep down, I don't think Mitt Romney, I think Mitt Romney understands the consequences here. I even, I will give some credit here. I can't believe these words are about to come out of my mouth. I don't know. I'm going to look over my shoulder, like lightning may hit me for this. I think that Mitch McConnell actually does not want to default because he understands the consequences. I think, I can't be, I can't be sure about that. But the point is, just like the majority of the Republican Party voted to overturn the results of the last election, because that's all they care about, I submit to you that the majority of the Republican Party knows full well what a disaster this will be for right. Americans, for the world, and they want this because it goes back to incentives. Their political incentives, they will pay no political penalty, they will only reap political benefit if things go horribly wrong, they think that this is their path back to holding on to some political power, and they are willing to take it, and they're willing to throw all of us under the bus for it. And the only thing that I think can stop it is the media, and they seem unwilling from that headline. That's why right. I thought that headline catch was so right. brilliant from you. That headline is the canary in the coal mine. Right. If this is the way the media is going to report on all of this, we're in trouble. Right. It's Kevin McCarthy's talking points. And the fact that they're, they're doing that. And you're saying something nice about Mitch McConnell, which I hate to hear. I will agree. I, I feel like the, the, the Republican Party, virtually the entire Republican Party, is is a disaster and dangerous to our way of life. But I think there's like a there's slow coup people and there's fast coup people. And the slow coup people are people like McConnell and Mike Pence and like that, they would much more, much prefer to cheat their way into power in the Supreme Court and the vote and gerrymander and then slowly take power away from Americans, specific Americans, as opposed to the Marjorie Taylor Greene, Jim Jordan type, the coup people, the January 6th people. Those are the fast coup people. The sad thing is that you've got two kinds of Republicans, both terrible. But one is more like this process coup bunch, and one is this violent, sudden coup bunch. It and reminds both, me of the Blues dangerous. Brothers. Yeah, it's like, it, that's a gr great delineation. It reminds me of the Blues Brothers. We play both kinds, country and Western. It's, it's all, <laughs> they're all coup people. Don't get me wrong. But variety. This is right. this is what counts for diversity of the Republican Party. Right. right. You've got slow coup. Right. But it is, when I discuss this with our panel show with my Republican counterpart, who is a sane and very thoughtful human being, she will push back. No, it's not really the majority of Republicans. All right, let's stipulate for a moment that she's right. And she might be, she might be. Okay, you still have the, we're just all bystanders here right. issue for them right. to deal with. Because even if you agree, that what's going on here is there is a small faction of Freedom Caucus, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Lauren Boebert, Matt Gates, not Jobs, who are exerting a tremendous amount of power mm -hmm. over the Republicans in charge in the House because they have Kevin McCarthy by the you-know-whats. Right. They extracted this out of him. They can take away his speakership at any time that they want to. And so they, they're just going to drive him, even if you accept that. Where are the profiles in courage in the Republican Party saying, holy smokes, what are you 
fucking maniacs doing? I have people I represent in my district who are all going to lose their jobs and their houses with you people. Like, no. Who is there to say yeah. no? I feel like that the only good Republican is the next Republican. And there are some. You see some. I, I Maybe Kinzinger, for example, or the Lincoln Project people consider themselves Republicans, but I don't. Because I think the Republican Party has gone so far away from any kind of real limited government kind of approach. I'm the son of Go Water supporters. So I understand the right wing. I understand conservatism. Oh, you're and, a reverse Alex P. Keaton. I love it. <laughs> yeah, in a way. And but I understand that. And I and again, you know what, Matt, if it, if Fox News was an outfit that was just saying we're against abortion and we're for cutting government spending and that kind of stuff, those are all issues we can talk about. I don't view that as like dangerous. But but trying to steal an election, and those people tried to steal an election. That's treason. That's that's the kind of stuff that's you can't accept that's where they go over the line. And so that's why I'm saying it, that the Republican Party is just not a political movement anymore. It's not a legitimate political party. It is a fascist movement, a white identity fascist movement designed to pull us back into the 1950s or earlier, anti-people of color, anti-women, and not really, certainly not a get government off our backs party. Look at all this stuff. Like we're not going to let people travel to other states to get abortions. And we're not going to do what we're going to ban books. Banning books is not get government off our backs. Banning books is government on our backs. And that's where they're at. And it also scares me and just in general about this with the fascist movement that used to be the Republican Party is that they just... There's no stopping. There's no place where they will say, oh, we know, well, let's share power. They don't want to share power. And they also had so demonized their enemies that they have they've made their enemies. You know, this whole thing of Democrats oh, want to kill babies after they're born, that kind of stuff. That's Donald Trump literally said that yesterday. Yes. So. yes. And, right. and what it reminded me of is the whole kind of blood libel that, that against Jews in the world that's gone on for world history, but was really pushed by the Nazis, where, where the Jews are like stealing Christian kids to use their blood to, to bake matzah bread and stuff like that, the, which was at the time was, that's a crazy thing, a crazy thing. Nobody could possibly believe that. People did believe it. And not only did they believe it, they acted on it. And so when you can so demonize the other to where you can make them think, oh, yeah, the Democrats really are, do want to force all our kids to be trans, and they all want to do this crazy crap that they could, they come up with. If they can get people to believe that, they can get people to hate the other side so much and to forgive their own side for their all the rampant corruption that it doesn't matter anymore. I think, and I feel like that's the real goal of all this stuff, is to so demonize the left and people of color and LGBTQ people, anyone who's the other, who's not a white heterosexual male being weird, that, that concept, when you can get to them to where they hate everyone else, then it doesn't matter what their side does. Whatever their side does is, is well, that's what we had to do. We, that was, we didn't have an excuse. We're fighting the devil over here. So, it's, so if we're a little devilish ourselves, it's okay because we're righteous. And then you, then what happens is your side all the gloves are off. Your side is no longer judged, has no set of ethics. 
or anything. And that's what the fact that that we actually have Republicans saying that Trump is brought to us by God. God sent Donald Trump. How crazy do you have to be to think that? You have to and, be exactly Marjorie Taylor Greene crazy who claimed yeah. that Trump was Jesus because he got right. arrested. I think that does bring the conversation full circle because that is the corrosive effect ultimately. It goes back to your kind of the insidious effect. Right. It's the stuff that's subterranean that's going on at Fox News, which is this permission structure that it gives all of us psychologically and especially the people on the right who are activated, who are kind of comforted in, we're going to move a little bit further this way, we're going to move a little bit further this way. And what it really feeds into is what I was talking about, this bystander effect in the Republican Party, where I do want to credit, have, this sounds like one of those trite things, like some of my best friends are Republicans. Mm. I legitimately have Republican friends who consider themselves to still be Republicans mm. and who are operating under the thought that they can, they're against Trump, they think all of this stuff is bad. They think Marjorie Taylor Greene is bad. They're embarrassed about all of this, but they think it's a rough patch. They think they're going to get through it. And I'd like to think that they're right. I actually do believe as a member of the Democratic Party that there is a role in this country for a counterpart, for a more conservative party that's ideologically coherent, that having multiple political parties serves as a restraint on the worst impulses of all of us. We all have some extremes somewhere, but you can no longer allow, if you're a Republican, you can no longer allow yourself to watch all of this stuff that you were just alluding to and just say, it'll come full circle. It's a phase. It'll pass. Because those people, if you ride with the devil long enough, Pretty soon he's going to grab the wheel. And that's oh, yeah. No they, question. He's grabbed the wheel. And it's it also goes back to your point about the media, which is in real time, we're not seeing the media provide the context that would provide a little bit of antidote, a little bit of pushback to the Fox News effect. So what people are left with is, and thank you to all of you who are still viewing and listening to this show, is you have to go to, I'm not MSNBC, but you have to go to other sources of media. Mm -hmm. who we work very hard to try to bring thoughtful, experienced people like you, Mark, to provide some of that context and some of that analysis and some of that perspective. That's where you have to go these days. And it's just, it's, I think our show is awesome, but I'm sad that like we're not joined by our friends, the New York Times. That's cool. Yeah, and just one thing that I did I want to say is that Everything is not an opinion. Everything is not your, how what we feel. There are actually facts out there. And whether you're dealing with Fox, whether you're dealing with MSNBC, New York Times, Washington Post, readers have the ability to read those stories and decide whether the facts are convincing. And what facts do they have? Do they support what they say? So we still have the ability to assess facts. And that's that'll set us free. That may be the only thing that saves us is our ability to cut through all the BS. Since that is literally the most hopeful thing that you or I have said <laughs> in the course of yeah, this show, I'll say let's that. leave it there. Always leave okay. on a high note. Mark Jacob, thank you so much. Awesome perspective. As always, people can find you on Twitter and they should if you want to keep catching you holding the media to account. Mark Jacob, M-A-R-K-J-A-C-O-B-1-6. Thanks so much. Thanks.